are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Good evening, church. Welcome to the greatest church in the world, North Valley Baptist Church. Now, y'all get your Bible there, please, and you get your pen or pencil ready. Children, you get ready, and uh, we're going to use the Bible tonight. I want you to please turn your Bible to the book of Psalm, the book of Psalm, channel 27. No, chapter 27, that is, please. Let me ask you a question tonight. How many of you remember that innocent-looking play structure growing up? It's called the seesaw. How many of you remember that? Teeter-totter, that's what you call it, all right? I remember it growing up. Now, in the Philippines, we didn't have uh, a nicely made seesaw made out of good planks of wood. We had bamboos. Now, those bamboos, I tell you, they're seasoned out there, and they get so brittle, they can turn to... uh, (laughs) They can turn to uh, uh, laundry clippers quick. I remember, man, playing with them uh, teeter-totters and... I don't know about you, but I I always wonder why I never got to experience being on top of the seesaw that often growing up. I don't know why, but uh, I always long to be up there above the seesaw, but somehow I always end up in the bottom. I had to always recruit four of my uh, friends, and uh, the most pathetic thing is waiting for them to arrive because I'm just waiting and they just get piled up up there. And you know, uh, being in the seesaw, it's really not, going up and down is not, not fun. You know what the fun part of being in the seesaw? It's when everybody's up there, like human scorpions piled up, and then you let go of that thing. Oh, yes, I look forward to that. <laughs> Needless to say, I was a loner growing up. Nobody wanted to hang around with me. But, uh, you know, sometimes I want, you know, Christian life is like a seesaw. Sometimes you're up above the mountaintop of life, and sometimes you're down in the lowest valley. Now I wish I could tell you that everything is going to be A-plus in Christian life. Life has its positive and its negatives. We all experience victories, and we all experience defeats. We receive blessings, but we also carry burdens. We have triumphs, we also have turmoil. Sometimes our health is good, sometimes it's not good. But whatever the case may be for us these days, Christian life is still a wonderful life, not an awful life. People who see life as awful instead of wonderful are usually negative people. Someone said the biggest pest in the world is the pessimist. They can turn daydreams to nightmares. There's too much negativity these days, and we all know that, and sad to say, even amongst God's people. We have too much negativity going on in the news and in our society. I understand what's going on, but you know what? Let's not join in because if we're not careful, we sing the song. We are, all, we are on the whining side. Oh, I'm on the whining side. No, we're on the winning side. Praise God. 
Now, I know we're quarantined these days. I wrote a a short storyline, and I'm going to read it to you, entitled, You Might Be in Quarantine. When breakfast turns to eight-course meal, you might be in quarantine. When the clothes you wash and dry every day are only pajamas, you might be in quarantine. When you start counting people that pass by your house, you might be in quarantine. When you eat all the emergency food you have in two days, you might be in quarantine. When you ask your wife the same question 10 times a day, you might be in quarantine. When DoorDash delivery man is now your BFF, you might be in quarantine. When you call your mother-in-law, you might be in quarantine. When your hair starts looking like the 70s, you might be in quarantine. When you become your own hairdresser, you might be in quarantine. When your commute to work is from the living room to the dining room, you might be in quarantine. When you dress uh, waist up for video chat, you might be in quarantine. Oh, listen to this, mothers. When a trip to Chick-fil-A drive-thru or going to Walmart becomes a class field trip, you might be in quarantine. Hey, good neighbor, here's what I'm saying tonight. We can look at our present situation depressingly, and we can use it, or you can use it as a stepping stool for greater days ahead for the glory of God. I looked in the Bible. I was going to preach on this, but the Lord changed it. Praise God. Did you know that many people in the Bible were quarantined? You study it. Noah was quarantined in the ark. Noah was quarantined for preservation, and God had a purpose for Noah and his family. Jonah was quarantined in the belly of a whale for punishment. But praise God, Jonah got right with God. Moses was quarantined in the wilderness to prepare him for something greater and something big. And Moses Moses became the great leader he was because of his wilderness experience. Elijah was quarantined in the brook chariot to push into Zarephath for people to witness the power of God. Oh, I like that verse. And the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail according to the word of the Lord. Joseph was quarantined in prison and God promoted and prospered him to help his brethren. Job was quarantined in ashes to prove that God can bless him again. By the way, God is still on on his throne. John the Baptist was quarantined in a cold dungeon. And so was Peter and James and John and Silas and Paul and Epaphras and Aristarchus. These Christians were quarantined in prison for the propagation of the gospel. You know, these days I know we're quarantined, but I tell you what, the gospel's being being everywhere, praise God. My mother's sister in the Philippines, my aunt, told my mother, they were on the phone, this is thousands of miles away, her doctor's uh, uh, wife, they own a hospital there in our town, said, you know, you got to watch this post that I've been getting on Facebook. It's a daily broadcast every day. The name of the church was... Valley Bap- North Valley Baptist Church. <laughs> Our Lord was quarantined for three days in the grave. 
But praise God. Hallelujah, this man. I'm feeling better right now. When death's quarantine was over, up from the grave he arose. Oh, praise God. Sin has been paid since charges and balance old were cleared. Satan's reign is ended. The devil's days are numbered. Woo, amen. The accuser of the brethren is consigned to the lake of fire. The devil's execution date has been set and the death warrant has been given. Hallelujah. I'm simply saying tonight you and I can potentially look at our quarantine state and we can easily become negative and downbeat. We can easily become weary and depressed. We can easily become lonely and discouraged and backslidden. I hope not. Or we can allow God to change us and allow God to stir us and allow God to revive us and allow God to do more things in our heart, not less for such a time as this day, to live on the winning side, not on the whining side. Father in heaven, I need you tonight. Oh, what a powerful book. I can only speak to her ears, to people's ears. Please reach their heart tonight. Whatever the case may be, perhaps someone is not saved. Perhaps someone is saved, but he's not living for you. Whatever it is, Lord, please minister to every need is my prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Psalm 27, please. Verse number 13. I had fainted. Oh, whoo, I like this. Unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Look at verse number 14. This is Brother Russ's song. Wait on the Lord. They that wait upon the Lord. Be of good courage and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. The occasion in Psalm 27 is unclear. Some Bible scholars said Psalm 27 speaks of the time when King David heard news that his son Absalom died. Some suggest that Psalm 27 speaks of the time when King David heard news of King Saul's death. But I see two opposing attributes in Psalm 27 tonight. First, I see David's fear. David's fear. Verses 7 through 14. What is fear? Noah Webster's dictionary defined fear as the unpleasant emotion caused by anticipation of danger. Fear has a hard time seeing the goodness of God. By the way, we've all been there. Can I hear an amen? Fear overlooks the blessings of life. Fear does not empty tomorrow of its sorrows because fear only empties today of its strength. Fear never has done anybody any good. Fear never built a business, never built a building, nor a house. Fear never solved a problem. Fear can destroy personalities and relationships and dreams and ambitions. You know, fear is like sitting in a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but it never gets you anywhere. 
You're always on the move, but you are stuck in the same place. You go up and down and up and down and up and down, but it never gets you to any place. Fear can make a distrust of the future. Fear can lead to ingratitude for the blessings of yesterday, indifference to the opportunities of today, and insecurity regarding strength for tomorrow. When we are fearful, we place ourselves in hopeless state. Oh, I see under point number one, David's manifestation of fear. Look at verse number seven, please. Psalm 27. David's manifestation of fear. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, have mercy also upon me and answer me. When thou said, Seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, Thy face, O Lord, will I seek. O hide not thy face far from me. Put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help. O leave me not, neither forsake me, O God of my salvation. Ladies and gentlemen, the same man who never had a tear flow from his face when he killed the champion of the Philistine now cries because of fear. I not only see David's manifestation of fear, I also see David's mean foes. Look at verse number 11, please. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. Look at verse number 12, please. Deliver me not over unto the uh, will of mine enemies, for false witnesses are risen up against me, and such as breathe out cruelty. He makes another statement. If you back up in verse number two, please. When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes came upon me to eat up my flesh. Now again, I'm not sure what David was going through in life when God used him to write these verses. But it may be during this time when David killed the giant Goliath and he became the hero by delivering the nation from the hands of the enemy. And suddenly that jealous and that envious and that greedy King Saul was after him to kill him. David ran from King Saul for his life is now at risk. David could not see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living while he was running for his life. He was fleeing from death. He could not see the hand of God that helped him kill Goliath. Because of fear and because of foes, I see David miserably fainted. Look at verse number 13. First three words, I had fainted. David looked at the land of the living and he saw no good. He saw a lot of negativity. He looked at the land of the living and saw tears as so often we do. He looked at the land of the living and saw disappointment as this is the case in many people tonight. He looked at the land of the living and he saw heartache and death and sorrow and battles and enemies. David looked at the land of the living and saw no way out. Nowhere could David see the goodness of the Lord. Nowhere could David see the way of the Lord. Nowhere could David see any hope inside. Nowhere could David see any answer. By the way, have you been there? 
Again, I'm not sure what David was going through in life when God used him to write Psalm 27. But we know that his son Absalom, his son Absalom, he had rebelled against his own father. Absalom gathered himself an army and rallied the people around himself in opposition of his own father, King David. Rather than fighting against his own son, King David fled the city and went out to a town nearby. And there he stayed while the battle was raging between the forces of his own son and his own military forces. The king saw no way out. His own son rebelled against him. His own flesh and blood fought against him. His own throne was at risk. His own family was falling apart. And David cried, I had fainted. Whew. I see David's fear. But I'm glad verse 13 didn't end with I had fainted. Oh, let's read together. Here's a good thought right here. Look at verse number 13. Let's read it all together there in your Bible. The Bible says, ready, begin. I had fainted. Here it is. Unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Yes, I see David's fear, but I see his faith. Now, if you go back to that verse Please notice that the scripture didn't say that David saw, then he believed. You see that right there? Isn't that amazing? By the way, seeing and believing, that's always been the world's philosophy. Oh, but look at what the Bible says. David believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. The title of our message tonight is taken from that Bible truth. Believe, 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 believe to see the goodness of the Lord. Yes, David was fearful. Yes, David had foes. But David believed and believed and believed and believed that the goodness of God is there. Amen. Oh, you're maybe having a hard time believing that God is good to you tonight because of what you're going through. But ladies and gentlemen, we have to see the goodness of God. And by the way, we don't have to see the goodness of God to prove that God is good. God is good all the time. God is always right. Oh, David is saying, though I can't see the goodness of God, I had fainted. I know the goodness of God is God is always good. Out there somewhere, perhaps David was saying in the darkness, is the grace of God. Out there somewhere in the thunderous clouds is God's unseen miraculous hand. Oh, out there somewhere in the shadow is light. Out there somewhere in error is truth. Out there somewhere in fear is faith. Out there somewhere in war there's peace. Out there somewhere in tears there's joy. Out there somewhere in heartache there's comfort. Amen. Out there somewhere in defeat there's victory. Out there somewhere in death is resurrection. Out there somewhere in doubt is assurance that God will bless again. Out there somewhere beyond unemployment is employment. 
Out there somewhere in enemies or friends. Out there somewhere in quarantine state is a chance to work again. Amen. Out there somewhere in the shadows you'll find Jesus. For he's the one who always cares and understands. I'm saying tonight, church, believe and believe and believe and believe and believe to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Woo! I'm going to make a statement tonight, please. Here it is. If, th if things do not turn out according to your own appraisal of what's good, that does not mean that God is not good. If we can't trace God, that doesn't mean that God is not there. If we can't find the answer, that doesn't mean that God is not listening. If you can't feel his guiding hands, that doesn't mean that God is not there. Though we cannot see anything good in the land of the living for now, believe and believe to see that there is some good in the land of the living because God is still good. Please notice the change from David's fear to David's faith. At the last verse, please look at verse number 14. Oh, look at that phrase. Wait on the Lord. Can you read that with me, church, where you're at right there? Wait on the Lord. One more time, please. Wait on the Lord. You know, we wait on the Lord because he is God and we're not. Waiting on God is good for us. The Bible says, be of good courage. He shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Oh, I praise God. What a change in David's spirit. He went from faith to fear to back to faith again. We're all been there. Oh, but look at what, what he, he, he the Bible says in verse number one. The Lord is my light and my salvation. God is a source of light. There is hope, so be strong. There is hope. I see the light. We're almost there. Look at verse number two. He's not only our light. He's the source of light. I see in verse number two, when the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. I see he's our safety. Look at verse number three, please. Though an host should encamp against me, I see God is our security. Be not dismayed, whatever betide. God will take care of you. Oh, look at that verse number four. One thing woo, have I desired. I cannot wait for this. Of the Lord that I will seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord. I see he's a source of light. He's our safety. He's our security. Uh, God give us a sanctuary. I miss the church people. These days I've been singing, I love the thrill that I feel when I get together with God's wonderful people. We're on, we're on a waiting period right now. You know, may I say this? Quarantine helped my marriage the first three days of being quarantined. I went home the other day, you know, to have a bite to eat. And after not even 35 minutes, my wife said, aren't you supposed to be back to the office? I'm like, come on. 
I mean, I'm only here 35. I, you know, I found myself back in the, uh, in the backyard more than inside the house these days. Have you all been there? Amen, husbands. Praise God. By the way, this is what I look like before the quarantine. All right. So uh, um, I look good, better than before. All right. You see, there's spiritual war going on right now. And our pastor said, if, there, uh, if there's war, there's always casualties. I wonder how many Christians will become spiritual casualties. He said, oh, it's our prayer that we be found faithful more than ever. When we have been given the, uh, uh, the privilege to go back to church again, let's be in more faithful than ever. Oh, I see verse number five. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. He is our shelter. Who? Oh, look at verse number six. And now shall my head be lifted up upon mine. He, oh, I like this. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. Oh, I like this part. I will say, oh, God is the source of our song. Isn't that wonderful? After David showed his fear, manifested his fear because of his foe, because of all the things going on in his life, his song was back. I like that song. I believe God, though the lightning is flashing. I believe God, though the thunder is crashing. I believe God, when the storm is all past, We'll reach the other side safe at last. For the Lord stood by me in the darkest night. He said, sweet child of mine, everything is all right. We're never alone. We'll make it on home. For I believe God. Oh, here's our song these days. Christians, let, let's continue to believe, to see the goodness of God. Oh, David looked at the land of the living and saw no good, but he believed the goodness of God was there. So though he could not see good in the land of the living, he kept believing and believing and believing and believing. You read the next chapter, it's all faith chapter. As a matter of fact, if... You studied the entire book of Psalm, the beginning part of Psalm. David didn't praise the Lord so much compared to the last part of the book of Psalm. As a matter of fact, if you read Psalm 146 and count it, the, uh, the phrase praise the Lord was mentioned five times. Praise the Lord. Can you try that right now where you're at? Praise the Lord. Woo! Praise the Lord. Oh, Psalm 146, he says, praise the Lord seven times. Psalm 147, he says seven, five, five times in 146, seven times in 147. Psalm 148, he says, praise the Lord 11 times. Psalm 149, he says, praise the Lord six times. On the last Psalm, he says, praise the Lord 13 times. From Psalm 145 to Psalm 150, it's, it's no ass Psalms. It's all praise and glory to a wonderful God. Here's what I'm saying tonight, church. We're still blessed. We're still blessed. The fact that we live in a wonderful land called the United States of America, we're still blessed. The fact that we have food to store or stored somewhere, we're still blessed. 
The fact that we're still living and walking and talking and singing, we're still blessed. Oh, praise God. I'm glad I'm still saved because salvation is eternal. It's everlasting. In this world, I don't have much silver or gold. My house is just a cabin by the side of the road. But I've been adopted in the king's family. I may not have much down here, but look what's waiting for me. Oh, we're still blessed, people. I have been blessed. God's so good to me. Believe and believe and believe and believe to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Tonight, tonight perhaps you're watching or you tuned in or somebody forwarded this message or this video to you. May I ask you a question? Are you 100% sure that heaven is your eternal home? If you were to die today or tonight, whatever the time may be, do you know for sure that you're going to heaven? Oh, you don't know. Oh, I have good news for you, friend. The Bible says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Oh, the Bible says, whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Oh, the Bible says, as many received him to them, gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life. But the wrath of God abideth in him, Father in heaven. Oh, help us to believe, to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. We love you, Lord. Thank you for this night you've given us together. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.